Good evening, good afternoon, good night, and you're very welcome to the Meat Chronicles Sports Podcast Talk of Good Game. Another edition, jam-packed it will be. We'll have a... A lot of reaction and uh, looking back at the football finals of the weekend. And once again, joined in studio by Jimmy Gagan. Jimmy, you're very welcome. Thanks, Fergal. How are you? Yeah, it was a jam-packed weekend, wasn't it, Fergal? So much action on the field of play and so much action, some of it off the field of play as well. A few talking points. It was great to have these talking points on a Monday, isn't it? Yeah, so if we can just keep keep ourselves, keep our distance here. No uh, Dunton in the back is what might have went on, uh, which we'll get get round to later on. I don't know if it was a Dunton in the back. Now, from what I saw, well, yeah, well, just just be careful now. <laughs> well, you know what? You, the, you, um, see, you see what you see, yeah. There was a unbelievable amount of stuff on at the weekend, Jimmy, and it's just it's hard to know where to start and even even where to end because just trying to keep everything, try to do stuff for to get it all into the paper. As we said earlier on, we could probably have done 40 pages of sport this week instead of our usual 20. And of the 20, we have 17 of them are all GA-related. Massive week in Mead Sports. And a lot of stuff, we uh, because there's only the two of us and with the help of a few others, of course, but only the two of us here. It's disappointing that... A lot of games were fixed at, at similar times to major finals. Uh, and major, This week, uh, you know, we had ladies football finals and camogie finals were on at the same time as as major se- uh, football finals in the men's game. And we had well, the senior, uh, intermediate, junior. The same again. And the same uh, the previous <clears throat> week, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, we, we'd love to give uh, ladies football, say, for example, the club scene, because the, the, the inter-county scene gets so much coverage or has gotten recent times, but we'd love to give. But, I mean, I uh, just... Um, I'm not sure I understand the logic of, of, of fixing the matches yeah. on the weekends last weekend there was the intermediate football final there was a couple of other finals as well and this week is the senior football final and the camogie finals were fixed the same time Yeah. so yeah. I'm not sure about the, the you know it would have been better in terms of giving them coverage if there were separate weekends or separate games yeah but games. I'm sure and, and as, as several people have said it to us I'm sure the uh, camogie association and the LGFA and the GEA the last thing on their mind when they're fixing games is oh well how will we uh, yeah, well, that's how a will fair we point. appease the Me Chronicle or, or LMFM <laughs> well, or We Are Me yeah, and, and yeah, just yeah. allow us all cover the games yeah. um, it, no, it's just, difficult just, and somebody <clears> ends up being disappointed and as we all know we've got plenty of uh, well just in terms of, the, of attendances say at these games as well like if some, somebody wants to go to a senior county final well, well, look in, at Dunsany and Kilmessen for example this on Saturday the one parish Dunsany were playing in the junior football final, uh, the lads' junior football final in Navan um, on Saturday. And their, their teammates and their club mates in the Kilmes and Camogie were playing in the, uh, in the senior Camogie final in yeah. Ramaline. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. very difficult for them to get to. But as you say, they're two well separate organisations and separate identities. So, uh, yeah, but why should one? If it obviously suits at some level or at certain levels to have the camogie say this weekend, and why should they change? You know, yeah, they, well, they, they might change. The actually, scene. the camogie is under the umbrella of the GA, so there should have been a little bit better joined up thinking there. But maybe that's separate where maybe that's yeah. the mistake that we're making in that you know common sense doesn't always prevail uh, in these situations. And look, Jimmy, uh, we we just on a more somber note, sport is sport, and it's mm. uh, we all get. 
bogged down and, and get our, our emotions can sometimes get the better of it and, and just but this weekend I think becomes very clear that it is only a game at the end of the day when you hear the tragic news that yes, they come, came out of that boy on Sunday afternoon with a uh, just before the throw-in or, or before the start of the Mead Intermediate Camogie final between Trim and Kildalki, um both teams had just completed their warm-up and as the teams are going into the dressing room, the, one of the Kildalki coaches, Richie O'Donnell, uh, a Richie. man from Ashburn, a, a Dunhamore Ashburn club man, took ill just outside the dressing room door and unfortunately passed away. Yes, um, a deep, I know from, deep tragedy, yeah. From talking to people out in Trim and, and people um, in Kildalki as well since they want to put on record uh, their thanks to all the people that helped at the scene. There was nurses and specialised paramedics there that did their best to try and, and uh, revive Richie at the scene. And um, unfortunately, Richie passed away. And our condolences and our sympathies go to, Certainly, to yeah, Richie's yeah, family, absolutely. first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also to the girls in Kildalki who had a, had a lovely post um, up online just saying that you know what what he meant to them and and what he brought to them uh, as a camogie club um and also of course he was a very well respected man in um in Dunmore Ashburn as well so you know a huge 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 loss to that that man's family to Richie O'Donnell's family and also to uh, to the respective clubs just a, a flavor of the comment from Kildalki um that in the, the statement they released this is Richie when joining us in Kildalki you could never have known the impact you made on our first day at the gym your knowledge of the game was immense and you were able to communicate it to us with a beautiful manner you made it your goal to get to know every member of the team and soon learned our strengths and weaknesses we will be forever grateful for your advice support encouragement and commitment one piece of advice you gave will remain with us forever at the end of the day, girls, this match will not define you as a person. Life goes on. You go out and enjoy it. Win or lose, there's always the next ball. Kildalki Hurling Club, Hurling and Camogie Club wish to express our deepest sympathy, as do we, of course, here in, in the Me Chronicle, to Caroline, Holly and Abby for their loss. Our thoughts and prayers are with the family, friends and club members at this very sad time. We'd like to thank the nurses on scene, first responders and emergency services who responded promptly and professionally to assist. We are thankful to Mead Camogie County Board, Clonagale GA, Trim GA and Dunmore Ashburn GA for their assistance at this difficult time. It's tough uh, on, on everyone involved, yeah, said, especially the family and Aresh Degarev, Anam to Richie and, and uh, hopefully, hopefully a, his family will take some solace from those words from Kildaki and just shows how much respected yeah. and love that those girls had and to think he went out doing what he does you know doing what he does best which is uh, coaching camogie and uh, obviously made a lasting impact on those girls so you know we, later on this podcast we will get worked up about certain things and we'll uh, the passion of sport is something that, that gets people's emotions going but at the end of the day it's only a game and we pass on our sympathies yes, to the uh, family it's, it's and, a lovely tribute there from Kildaki uh, a great tragedy as I say extend our sympathies absolutely yeah, to the so family obviously that intermediate camogie game didn't go ahead yesterday but one game did go ahead uh, in the camogie championship on Saturday where uh, defending champions Kilmesson 
were taking on Nafina. Uh, I think they've they've met in the final four four or five years in a row now. They must be uh, must be sick of the sight of each other. But uh, and Nafina did actually score a win over Kilmessen a couple of years ago, and they managed to uh, to get the win again. This time, just to to break uh, Nafina's dominance, or sorry, to break Kilmessen's dominance, it was Nafina 2-9, Kilmessen 3-4. We have a full report from uh, our Camogie expert, Michael Keevney, who was in the podcast with us this week. So we'll have a full report on that game in this evening's Mead Chronicle. Uh, There was also a few uh, ladies... Uh, finals on at the weekend um, I know Dunboyne B team uh, added to their A team's victory by defeating Trim in the Junior B final uh, I think O'Mahony's won in the Junior C as well I think to his victory as well for Summerhill uh, in some of the other lower grades but we haven't got the results haven't been sent in and this was a problem that arose last week in the fact that we can't get around to cover games Jimmy we rely on clubs to send in info to us but not all clubs do yeah <clears throat> excuse me uh, yeah, well Kieran definitely sent in some reports of the Senior B uh, final and so on and uh, that's that's obviously a help and um, yeah we, we, uh, as you say we do he- rely on reports from not only from Camogie but other sports as well of course and you know some some PR, club heroes are excellent but, but uh, certainly this yeah is, uh, there know. are a lot of them and, and, and lads like Colin O'Brien and Amanis and Paul Green in Manalvi, mm. uh, you think of Nicholas Pratt in, in Northmead Rugby and mm. Bill Duggan in Ashburn, and yeah. uh, you know, and, and mm. we've Stephen Ball is involved at Boromine Athletic Club. Craig Williamson uh, now with Navin is starting. You know, he's Navin the, Rugby the new, Club. Yeah, they've the fallen Navin off for a while. Yeah, yeah, but Craig he's, Williamson is stepping up yeah. there, um, and and a few other PROs that you've got Ulton Coogan in Park Villa. Very good. Uh, Toro is Pat, very good. Pat Matthews with Kel Celtic. Um, you know, there are a few good PROs out there but you know there's others that uh, don't seem to to that way inclined to be sending in reports to uh, to the local media but um Jimmy, we'll, we'll, we better fly through a lot of the games that were on. So as we said, Saturday was a, a very, very busy day um, in terms of county finals. Um, aside from Reserve Cup, uh, get, you know, Division 5 final, which uh, Gail Colin Kale won, or sorry, it's Gail Colin, I think that score might be wrong on the website. Gail Colin killed 3-12, Dunmore Ashburn won 10, even though on the media website it has it that Gail Colin, or that Dunmore Ashburn won the game, but I'm, I'm reliably informed by Alan Tormey, the PRO Gail Colin killed that uh, Gail Colin killed won that game. Um, and also on Saturday it was uh, Trim defeated Kildalki in the uh, A Hurling League. Division three final it was two sixteen to one eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that game as well. So that was a, a tight game and, and Trim managed to get the the better of that one, making yeah, amends, I, I suppose, think, for the loss in the Billy Bourne Cup the previous yeah, I week. I think Connor Carney scored fifteen points in that game for Kodaki, you know. Yeah, so and it was I think a, Brian Downing scored ten and uh, James Andrews got a few scores, you know, so it was great. Uh, uh, another one of the clashes between Trim and Kildalki they, they have clashed at various levels in hurling this this hurling season. Yeah. But this time it went to Trim way. But uh, most of the main action on Saturday ended uh, or was in Partolchen with the day's action getting underway in the Junior B final. 
Uh, St. Bridget's 3-15 slain 1-6. I think we all expected a St. Bridget's victory, but I don't think anybody thought it was going to be 9-6 and six by, by 15 points. Yeah, you know, uh, we, we've had a... We, well, there was also the uh, the intermediate as well. It was it was a very big victory as well. So yeah, but in the junior B. Junior B, it was one-sided, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, I suppose there's nothing worse really than uh, you go to a final, you're hoping for a competitive fixture, and then it tur- doesn't turn out like that. But St. Bridget's yeah. where it happened the class acting that Junior B. They, they really are operating at a level below their abilities. Um, it was just the way that the way last year ended and the way the championship was was structured last year that they really shouldn't have been relegated from junior to junior B so they were the class act in the junior B championship the class act yeah but Slane have been there thereabouts I think we mentioned that last week uh, in recent years but you know they're, they're, it's yeah St Bridges are a step up in that division and they've, they've proved that you know now you know the uh, but uh, um, it, Michael Floyd I think it was it was captain was it you know and, yeah Michael, um, who's, who's a grandson grandson yeah oh, uh, of Michael Heary who was the guest of honour at the senior final yeah, on Sunday yeah, so there's so a nice symmetry nice there nice weekend there yeah. for, for that for, great the, for the family, yeah. Heary family yeah um, the second game on the card in Partholchen on Saturday Castletown won 12 Dunsany not 11 another wow. case of the team relegated from intermediate uh, I know they're down a couple of years now but this was a uh, getting back up I think it's 46 years or 43 years since Castletown won a, a championship yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but poor poor Dunsany eight finals now they've lost eight successive junior finals you know, not um, successive in the last successive, eight years no, but, um, but their last eight appearances in junior you finals know, how much how much pain can any set of supporters or players put up with it but I mean that was, that's, it's an incredible record you know, nobody, I think they deserve huge wants. credit to keep coming back well exactly nobody, some say, it's no, seven I, finals since 2000 and five or yeah, seven have or something to check like that, that yeah. but um, nobody expected them really to, to be industry I, I don't think it's I wouldn't say nobody but I mean the way we were talking about earlier in the year we certainly didn't expect them to be in this year's final I think yeah, it's well, fair not to with three, not with three because, teams that because, came yeah, down from intermediate not going down Sidden uh, and Castledown and as as it turned out Castledown were the the, the the obstacle they couldn't get over in yeah, the end yeah but you know they did very well to get there and, yeah. um, and, 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 and at one James stage, McNally two managers that, that really got the team playing the problem one of the problems with Dunsany was that they, they probably produced the best performance of the year in the semi-final as they, they did were, last year as well they were brilliant against Ballina in the semi-final brilliant last year against Carnaros yes and, and and it's always a concern I think yeah. uh, you know I was talking to some people involved with Dunsany they were wor- a little bit worried oh have we have we reached the peak too much you know yeah. I mean it was a brilliant performance by them um, well while, while Saturday's defeat will hurt them say they look back at last year's loss where you know 1-4 bet them in the junior final last year 1-4 against yeah. St Vincent's beat them and they probably look back at last year with, with more regret than this year now they did get back level but Kevin Ross the class actor Castletown and uh, not that he was the only one but you know Killian Price Killian Smith outstanding players for Castletown as well and, and got them over the line so congratulations to them then it was on to John Ginnity the goalkeeper who's a long serving long serving player with there, him, yeah. you know it was a great moment for him somebody like him on to the yeah. intermediate final Jimmy and again another team that, that made the drop last year uh, Dunshockland 
proven way yeah. too strong for Delete <laughs> yeah, Bellystown. Did. 17 <laughs> points to Dunshockland, 7 points to Delete Bellystown. Never really got going this game. No, though. no. Uh, again, we, we spoke there about, uh, you know, your, 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 the spectators pay their, what, 15, 20 euro in to these finals. They hope for it. How much would they have to pay to get out? <laughs> well, you know, I looked at Dunshockland uh, supporters, I'm sure they weren't complaining either, you know, but they, they saw their side win. But I mean, it wasn't a very competitive match. It was a poor game, really, you know. And uh, Luke Mitchell, the star of the show. Luke for Mitchell, Dunshockland. nine points for for uh, Dunshockland. He got uh, he got four from Freeze and two points he got from Marks as well. Yeah. Which is look, I'm not a fan of the Mark, the forward Mark. A midfield maybe between the two forty fives or something I'd be all for that. Yeah. But not a forward mark because you're effectively given a for catching a ball, you're yeah, giving, and you're some giving of them, players a free and a, 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 and some of those marks are unchallenged caught on the chest or caught in the belly yeah, and you yeah, go it's, not, it's not high feeling it's is meant it, to know? be rewarding high feeling the mark yeah, and yeah, caught in the chest and then you get a free effectively a free in front of the post no we're not criticising <laughs> Luke Mitchell here no no we're not <laughs> no, no, no. he's only well, making he, the most of it the, the rule of course and we're not no. it, yeah, but, but I mean I, I would like to see the, get, just get rid of that because I don't think that it's you, you deserve a free kick of the post just for catching the ball no I agree with you 100% but um, it was a disappointing final Fergal you know John McDonough, Matthew Coslow, Rory Kinsey, Aaron Murphy got points as well for Dunshockland, uh, you know, and uh, there were Fergus Toolan as well, and a great, great occasion for people like Richie Keane and TP Toolan. You know, yeah. the, 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 former uh, Dublin player Paul Curran involved with them yeah, as well. F- Fergus Clancy was there, is another selector too. Yeah, so yeah. look, Dunshockland will be glad to get back uh, up into senior ranks, and they remind me very much of Trim last year as well. I wouldn't be one bit surprised if Dunshockland go on a, a decent run in the Leinster campaign. Mm. Uh, Mead teams tend to do well in Leinster Intermediate Championship, and uh, yeah, be good I choice. think Dunshockland Dun- 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 could, could go quite well in that. Could um, be worth a little wager. Uh, if, you're, if you're a gambling man, you know, Car- Kieran McCarrick was another player that got a point for Gamble responsibly, Jimmy. Don't you? Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, then on to Sunday, uh, we had the Reserve Cup Division 3, Old Castle 3 8, and now it'll be 10 points, so a bit of silverware there for Old Castle at the end of the year. And then the Curtain Razor and Park Tulchin. So Dunhamore Ashburn beat Sanchestown 112 to 16 in the minor championship final, minor Division 1 championship final. A lot of disappointment for a lot of those Dunmore Ashburn boys the week before after losing the minor hurling. Well, but the, they bounced back in style. They bounced back in style, especially Michael O'Sullivan. He got 1 4 in a brilliant game. Excellent. But one Jim. of the astonishing facts of this, Fergal, was the, the fact that Sanchestown have never won the minor football championship. I just realised that and doing a little bit of research beforehand, and um, they, they've never won it. And uh, it's, it's an amazing feat. Or the, you know, I mean, did they not win one? Were they not, or were they beaten in the final? They were joined with Dilly well, yes, Bell, but not before. on their own. Like I yeah. mean, as a separate uh, identity, independent republic, shall we say? Yeah. Um, they the independent they, republic of Sanchez. <laughs> well, uh, they, they've never won it. Uh, they didn't make it. I mean, you have to make a bright start to the games. Yeah. You know, if you were hoping to win them, I think you know, especially a final, it, because if you lose, you lose momentum earlier on. Well, they were they four nil down after seven minutes. Points. Yeah, it was seven one down at one stage. Yeah. Uh, and in fairness ten, to them, ten, ten three, I think at half time. They did have plenty of chances. Yeah, in the second half, they yeah. improved greatly. They, they made a couple of changes that seemed to work very well for them. They made a couple of changes and uh, they, they put a lot of pressure out. Again, again they, they, they were also, uh, I suppose, 
you know they're young players, so you don't want to be too hard. But they dropped a lot of balls short of the. Yeah. And that, that for any manager that would um, you know it's, it's pull your very hair out if you had hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. the one twelve to one six scoreline, you know, Sanchez's goal came with a penalty in in very late in the game. Yeah, very well, brilliant penalty yeah, by Sam, Sam, Sam Kerwin. Yeah, but but um, obviously it was too late by that stage. You know, but then, but then it was on to the main event, Jimmy, and um, everybody was anticipating a cracking game or a real roller coaster, blockbuster game of the best attack against the best defence. Uh, and probably, unfortunately, for the neutrals in the crowd, it was the defensive side of the game that won out as neither team managed. So, you know, Retolt had scored 16 goals in the senior championship this year. Summerhill had conceded none. So we thought something had to give. We thought if, if Retolt could, or if Summerhill could keep Retolt goals out, that would be their big chance. And they did do that. Finished Retolt 12 points, Summerhill 11. Summerhill never got going in the defensive end of their game, or sorry, the attack end of their game. And that was something that... Uh, the Retort management, who we'll hear from David Brady later on, uh, that was something the Retort management and Eamon Wallace mentioned that they focused all week about let's shut down the Summerhill attack and we're confident that whatever, if we do a good job in shutting down their attack, we're confident that our forward division will be able to outscore them. Well, they sort of did work out like that, Fergal, you know, but uh, I, 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 I've heard people saying that it wasn't a very good game. I thought it was a fascinating yes, me too. before yeah. the mayhems uh, uh, near the end, but yeah, uh, yeah, I thought yeah. it was a very good game, an entertaining match, good quality football. And some I, brilliant I, scores. Yeah, some brilliant scores, some brilliant play, really, and yeah. it was difficult for them because it started to rain, at, at, you know, probably before the game, the rain started and really... I think it was around about half time the rain started and, to come uh, down then. I yeah. saw the umbrellas appear and just shortly, it was probably a small amount of rain falling anyway but but the ball was greasy but I thought there was some very good passage of play now Conor Gillespie mentioned as well afterwards about how his team just didn't really play the way they'd hoped to play they didn't move the ball uh, with the level of efficiency through the lines as they were, were hoping to maybe the the, the, um, the ball resembled a bar of soap so that was always going to be difficult they never really uh, hit but the heights as, as in previous games but it was a real slow burner as we said it was like two two uh, heavyweight boxers just throwing jabs and trying to feel each other out early on it took 7 minutes and 26 seconds before the opening score of the game that was uh, own frame for Summerhill but then Ratote hit 4 in a row to go 4-1 up mm. um, you know so the, the dominant team Dahi McGowan got 2 1 from play Brian McMahon got a point and uh, Keen Rogers forced Bobby Tony McDonald into, into dip, tip one in later on yeah yeah later on that, that made it 4-1 uh, Connor Lyons got a free then for Summerhill and then they had a points then Connor Frayne and Connor Lyons again got it to parity at 4-all and again just after they got level Retote again for the second time in the first half hit four points in a row two from the outstanding Eamon Wallace he was yeah, absolutely we've, we've brilliant uh, an issue with uh, the, the fact that the man in the match yeah we'll get to that again in a minute yeah, just have a quick rundown on the game here Jimmy easy go easy ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, then uh, Dohi McGowan uh, added a free and there was a mark for Bobby O'Brien as well that made it 8-4 before Dear McCabe landed a monster free against the wind to really put Summerhill in a half decent position just three points behind the half time not five to not eight to close that gap further with another free from Owen Frayne but 
it was disappointing for Summerhill they brought on Barry Dardis who's been suffering with injury brought yeah. him on at half time first ball that went in he pulled up again and he you had have to, to feel sorry for that man uh, really sorry and, for and Joey Wallace as well who went Joey on. Wallace came in uh, despite two weeks ago Joey Wallace was on crutches out for the season with a cruciate but uh, they worked with him all week and, mm-hmm. and you'll hear from our interview with David Brady later on about how how he got he was seen by uh, the best knee surgeon in Ireland yeah, and he was... decided that he wasn't going to do any more damage so he was going to need an operation anyway strap him up and see how long they could get out of him and, and that's what they did it's, they somewhere or Ratoat settled then got a free from Brian McMahon made it nine points to six Summerhill again excellent point from David Larkin another free from Owen Frayne made it a one point game and then with 18 minutes to go Park Garrity made it nine points each so it was really game on the wind with Summerhill at that stage you thought Summerhill will kick on here again but what what did Ratoat do again? Batten the hatches they found another gear Uh, point point from Dahi McGowan point from play probably the score of the game from Jack Flynn and then a brilliant point then from Eamon Wallace made it 12-9 but that was the last of Ratoat's scores that came in the 53rd minute Mm. there was seven minutes obviously left and then there was uh, six minutes of injury time announced as well um, and in that in the third and then, and then it all went hold on Jimmy easy easy Jimmy easy 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 in the third of those then six it, minutes easy in the third of those six minutes Owen Frayne got another point made it a two point game Summerhill kept going on the attack uh, then there was a, a bit of a high challenge by Eamon Wallace on, I think it was on Ronan Ryan or Ross Ryan. A bit, um, a bit of never, a high challenge for I'd them. never be able to tell the two boys apart, even though they had numbers on their backs. I should have been able, but can't remember which one. It was a high challenge, yeah, by Eamon Wallace. And all hell broke loose. All hell Away broke. Away you go, Jimmy. No, you're, no, bad, I, you're mad to get going No, there. no, I was just leading up to this. Is, this was the talking point of the game because uh, it was a fascinating couple of seconds. Like uh, More than a couple of seconds. Well, you know, a couple, couple of seconds, seconds, when, when, seconds. The, when the central part of the whole drama happened. Like I spoke to Connor afterwards. And yeah, he, well, let's, uh, let's just explain to the listeners what happened. So yeah. high tackle by Eamon Wallace no, on, uh, yeah. on one of the 20s. Then uh, a bit of a melee erupted with the players all getting involved. Conor Gillespie came from his technical area down and was pulling players his apart. His own his players. Own players he, yeah. he was trying to get his own players away from the the scene of the uh, incident, shall we say. Yeah. The and drama. And he, and he obviously felt... He said, well, he, he felt a bump in his back, uh, somebody Tump, bumping him in the back. Think, yeah. And uh, he thought it was uh, the um, retort manager, David Brady. So he turned around and... An gave, altercation, a confrontation. Gave um, David Brady a bump. Gave him uh, a dunt himself, yeah. Yes, that's what he said. That's and how he David described Brady, it. David Brady hit the ground. He hit the ground. As David Brady said himself in the interview that we'll hear that oh, okay, he didn't right. go down. He says, I, I don't think I went down as quick as the last time he was involved in a shamuzzle with the Mead lads. Of course, he was part of the Mayo team in that famous All-Ireland final in 1996. Well, David, David went down yesterday feeling his face, like with yeah. his hands all over his face. So, I mean, um, did, he he, did, he, did he get a, a hit on his face then? I, well, I don't know. I didn't see the incident. I was taking a note of the row at the time and I looked up and I could see all this commotion going on but when the dust settled and it was red card for David Brady then referee Cormac Riley ran down to the other dugout red card for Conor Gillespie who had his hand up straight away and was basically heading down the tunnel as the referee was giving him the red card so he knew what what he was getting and um, we might just take this 
opportunity to go to the interview that you had with uh, Conor Gillespie after the game. Conor accepted the blame uh, for did. the incident to happen, and also, he was, and also, he was very contrite, and also was very remorseful for the fact that he probably cost his team a minute more playing time because the referee no, announced six minutes playing time. He ended up this incident occurred in injury time. And he ended up only playing one more minute when there probably could have been another couple of minutes. Well, he reckoned on. about a minute and a half he cost him. And, and uh, at, when this happened, his team were very much in the front foot. Yeah, so the, the, we'll, there were two points down before the, the row started. Yeah, so and, and they did get another one. And they got another one. They got yeah. another one from him, McDonald. So they were, they were reduced the deficit to 11 points to 12. Um, and then the referee blew the whistle up. Uh, to, to signify the end of the game but we'll go to the interview that Jimmy got uh, with a very contrite Conor Gillespie uh, here so disappointing for you you know where do you think it went wrong for you uh, we just we, we, we just didn't really play well enough on the day that's, uh, I think uh, we probably just didn't carry enough threat in possession um, we, yeah, we probably went down in the middle a little bit too often. We didn't turn over a little bit, but uh, we just didn't carry the same threat in possession that we would like to. Um, but the lads battled all the way to the end, and it was nip and tuck right to the end, and we just came out on the wrong side of it. Yeah, a few, a few shots, I suppose, fell short and so on. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, a goal chance there near the end as well. Yeah. It was blocked. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, these are defined margins, isn't it? Yeah, they are. Look, it's like there wasn't much goal chances in the game, let's say. I think yeah. we had one there right at the end. Uh, yeah, it's just big moments. Things switch. That's a, like it was a great save for the keeper and a follow-up block. But yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, you work so hard. Like what a, what a year he's had. This is your first year as, as first manager. First year manager. Yeah. It's quite you know a hell of an achievement really to get to a final. And it sense uh, yeah, probably it, not feeling that. Now. No, it doesn't feel that way to be honest. Because our expectation was that we we thought we could win it. So uh, we didn't set our goal to be to just make a final. We set our goal to win it. Um, so it's just crushing disappointment at the minute. That's it. Like there's not much consolation in reaching the final. We've been here before. We we want to win. That's it. We didn't do that today. Yeah, yeah. Winning the mentality. But yeah. uh, is that to what what you take in the year? So maybe. Oh, no, I'd be very proud of the effort that our players put in the year. Uh, they really worked hard um, from one to all the way down to that's a 50 something that can be out training on any given night. That's and the lads really really worked hard uh, trying to improve each other. Um, and they fought to the bitter end today, that's it. So they were really two things I'd be biggest, most proud of for the back in the season. We didn't get the result that we wanted and we have to improve if we want to change that next year. And that's what we're going to try and do. Yeah, yeah, so it's improving all the time. But a tremendous spirit as well shown by the team. But you, yeah. you've learned a lot, I'm sure, as a young manager. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. A, like, um, yeah, definitely. What, what kind of stuff like, have you learned? What kind of lessons have you learned? What's the, the importance of being a manager, I suppose? What's ah, look, there's things? loads of things there. You know, well, even there, right at the end keeping your head all the way to the end let's say like so uh, um, yeah yeah I mean what and look, there was, there, was, there was nothing in that, that's it. I actually was running down to my players to get them away from getting involved and to get them to go back playing. And as I turned around, I, I bumped into David. And I thought he had bumped me in the back. I don't think he did, to be honest. I think he actually was standing in the position. I turned into him, but I thought I had been bumped, so then I, I showed him. So there's really no fault in David's heart on that one. That's it. That was my, I, I got bumped in the back as I turned around, and I, mis, I misinterpreted that as a shoulder in the back, and I reacted. To, 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 but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was my fault. Um, and it cost my team a minute or two of extra time so it was a 
harsh lesson. Yeah, the red card as well, of course, yeah. for both managers. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, look, I, I think there's a good, if they review the footage there, you'd probably see that David had nothing in that incident, so I, I would like to think the CCC might look at that and potentially rescind his red card. Then. Jimmy, yeah, yeah so. Um, as you can hear from that, Fergal, you know, yeah. he's really, really sorry that he's regretful that it, it happened, that anything like this happened, because, as you say, he's a young manager, he's only a young man, yeah, and yeah. He, he's done it, he did extremely well to get the team to the, to this stage where they were just within a point of winning the championship in his first season. And completely out of character so, for him, and yeah, well, from what well, I know of him, completely yeah, yeah. out of character. He's but, a uh, I mean, lovely fella, Connor, and... Uh, a gentleman, yes. Yeah, yeah really um, is a nice fella, and a hell of a player in his day. This is what he, football can do, can sport can do, you know it can stir up great emotions and so on powerful emotions and it, it was you found it out yourself in other interviews you did yeah look at David Brady was also uh, he, he tried to play it down and, and as Connor did Connor accepted full blame David Brady played it down saying look whatever pictures appear in the paper tomorrow don't tell the the actual story what happened and he referenced that Connor is a gentleman as well um, but he also spoke about the bond that he has with his own players uh, in Ratoat and, and what drove him to want to take on the Ratoat job um, he's, a, he, he's a great character to listen to as you yes. will hear in this interview it was uh, myself and uh, Dunica Boyle from the Irish Independent and Paul Keane from the Irish Examiner and, and was doing a bit of work for RT as well so you will hear uh, the, the boys and myself doing uh, just that, that interview with uh, David Brady which you can hear now the Ratoat gig's a tough one because people just got an expectation around them and you know delivering on that expectation is tricky uh, you know what I, I, I have to say I'm a lot I'm nearly 50 years in this earth it was my birthday this week um, but happy birthday thanks a million uh, the boys have said to me they're going to but they're, 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 they're the nicest finest bunch of fellas and again I felt you could never replicate what you probably had from a club perspective or a county perspective and I thought that was not attainable and I, and I look at I've spent my time on the sidelines or in the in the media to say you know where where would suit me from a lifestyle point of view but who would I like to throw my hat in with and the boys come in and they had an impression of me and this and I go on I was just myself and I we have I like they have boys have trained unbelievably Unbel- I have had four harsh words between the whole group of 38 that was disappointing for me and I apologise this weekend at our meeting last night that we couldn't name the 38 players that were restricted to 38 players but they're the finest bunch of men and they, I have never seen human beings I said coming in and I thought football was gone too serious gone too you know you have to have fun and I said I'm not here for anything else but fun and yes today epitomises what fun is when you win a county title but we've had great crack we've had lock-ins and coppers we've had you know um, it, it's just because you're going we can't be football has gone so serious and I'm going I want to enjoy it with them and you know we have a, we have a coach there Kevin Stritch I've worked with the likes of John Morrison in my time I've never never met as good a coach or a trainer but I've, I, he's a good person that's that's you know you can be you can be good at one thing but you have to be a good person and the men and the guys 1 to 38 would would um, 
absolutely sacrifice anything. We have, but we've had fun, and you have to. And yes, it's lovely to win a county title. What Joey Wallace did there probably sums up what you're talking about, doesn't it? That, that desire to actually play when he probably didn't have to. He could have just stayed at home. Well, he didn't have to. And he, you know, he has put unbelievable work. And we met one of the top knee surgeons in Ireland yesterday. And he says, well, if he does it, um, he can do no harm. He's going to have an operation anyway. He did a workout, you know. But again, we had to be conscious that it's not the last 10 minutes we needed, Joey, because if it was going to go, it had to go, and we had to put him on early in the second half. And it went, and we just go, okay, yeah, so Podge is on now. Um, you know, I would never put a player's um, body or, or his uh, him in jeopardy of, of something that we were... It was just... Once it's, but he had done so much, and you're going, yeah. Um, it took in phases. We didn't get knocked back, but we just we, we actually pushed on from it then. What you've done with his brother is interesting, Eamon, as well. You've obviously kind of repositioned him and kind of playing a different game. And Unbelievable, Eamon. Yeah. Unbelievable. And he said, he said, he said, he said, I'll walk in front of a bus here. And I says, I'll step out in front of you. If, you know, and I go, and that's the kind of, and I, he goes, well, you tell me. People have a perception about players or county players or certain players. Um, Eamon, Joey, Gavin, Dahi McGowan, um, Connor McGill, Jack Flynn, like the buy-in from them boys. The buy-in was unbelievable. And you're going, oh, how are you going to manage the county players? They have no egos. They want to just do their best. And I'm going, I'm not going to be the best manager you'll ever work with. I'm just, I'm going to learn. I'm going to make mistakes. And I think that's the thing where there's none of us. <coughs> I honestly think managers get too much praise. Um, and it is, it's all about the manager. I'm going, it's not. You know, we have a guy in there, Kenny McMahon, that does. We have had GPS on every single one of those players since the 21st of January. Every single night they have stepped out onto grass, whether it's a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Because we need to, because it's a hurling club, and I respect, as a club, they're a jewel club. They got to the hurling final last weekend. Them guys have been going 13 weeks in a row, solid, with hurling championship and football championship. You know, quarter-final, semi-final, final for hurling, they had five, five games in the league. We had three games in the group. I, it is, it's, it's an, I have to manage them. I have to respect them and say, look, step back, do it, don't do a little bit more, go to the, you know. Because I'm going, if we have fit players, and that was around our, we had no player um, this year that has had a hamstring or a groin or a muscle injury. We've had one broken shoulder and we've one had cruciate from the physical, um, and that's down to the credit of, of Kevin Stritch, Aidan Jedlin, and Owen McGuire, who is SNC. And we were talking to Conor Gillespie there, and he fell on his sword completely at the incident at the end. I look at Jason, and I'm, I'm straight. You know, whatever pictures are on tomorrow is not the picture of the reality. And again, um, think about it, it was perfect for, it was a perfect storm for us. We were the ones that needed to act. This is a bit of a shamazel. Um, it's not the first time I've had a shamazel with me, but <laughs> I don't think I hit the ground as quick the last time. But um, uh, look at it's 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 Connor is an absolute gent, and he's done so much for that. They were undefeated all year, still didn't concede a goal since May. They could go next May without conceding a goal. But again, I suppose the experience and the grit and determination, and you know, again, Eamon Wallace uh, saved the ball on the line from a shot um, as a half back. Him going forward facing, you know, nowadays with there's so much of a, de- a defensive strategy of 14 or 15 behind the ball 14 behind the ball you need someone facing the ball rather than you know facing not chasing and that's 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 the reality Can I ask you just one about the length of the club me, uh, me teams haven't done much in it no, they've done they've done nothing, and Connor pointed that out in the dressing room. Um, honest to God, I have not allowed anyone, anyone in any way, shape, or form, talk about what's next. We have an opportunity. We said today was an opportunity, to, just for a county title, because that's beyond that. Uh, I do know, and I have experienced Connacht interprovincial club series runs. 
and I know there's a few things that you have to tweak from a mindset and a physical point of view um, and I intend doing it and again um, it's a very special day when you win a county title but um, they won't they won't be uh, celebrating like they, they have previously that's I think that's clear to them as well road or hardened bunch as well you know it's them now that you're playing like. Um, oh, they have, without a doubt, without a doubt, and uh, we we haven't we haven't discussed it, we haven't talked about it, but it's it's um, it's an opportunity, it's an opportunity. It's not like probably the boys become more a little bit more expressive, a little bit more free of themselves and when you're playing club and county final. Everyone knows each other so well, um, but we'll be look at we're only we're only we're only minnows of the interprovincial series. They've never won one, um, and that's. The, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. The guy can they win an interprovincial club championship game? Yeah. Meet football in general. I was kind of the same question. Columns in bit of air expectation. I've been and again. I've said it. Out, I see massive talent, massive capability, massive. I'm going. Jesus, is he on the county team? Well, he was and he wasn't. And he hasn't. I've seen guys that if they just commit or the commit that commitment was uh, was buy in from both sides. Absolutely phenomenal. Even in the last game, Shane Walsh from Nafina, absolutely outstanding. And look at and we have we have five or six or seven and probably more guys now. And you're going to yourself. It's 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 I see massive potential. I've I've been around, I've I've travelled the country playing and watching and talking about games and clubs and co- I see massive potential in me, without a doubt. But I think it'll be good if if Rodos could represent me uh, coming into the, the the next few weeks. Just a quick one just about the game. Were you worried at any stage? it got back to 9-0 against the wind or was that something that you know a contingency um, plan is all well you kind of said to yourself there will be scenarios but we can we can just take it as you know I have to say our bench uh, we had we had Keen O'Brien coming on absolutely fantastic we had Podge uh, Podge Byrne coming on absolutely fantastic you know, we had something that is starting for the first championship final ever. Mm. The likes of, uh, you know, Brian Daly. Brian Daly, like, absolutely fantastic. But then you had Jack Flynn standing up and being a man. Ben McGowan. And says, I tell him and Keith McCabe. I'd have, I said to them last night, and I go and I talk to them about my experiences. I said, I would absolutely detest coming up against you two. Because it's not alone you two, it's them other two feckers. Dahi, Keen O'Brien, Jack Finn, I says. Yeah. I said, do you realise how much capability you have? Never mind height and strength. And they have it, and I, I, I would. And again, the proof is there. They're an absolute, they're a credit. They're an absolute credit. But the most important thing is, I love, I won't say I love them, I'll tell them some other time I love them. But I love going to training, and I love going to match, I love being around them. So Jimmy, one of the, one of the players that... David Brady referenced there of course was Eamon Wallace and, and the huge impact Eamon Wallace had on the game uh, as you alluded to earlier on Jack Flynn got the official man of the match there yeah, picked up Jack the column Cromwell no, picked Jack up the official column Cromwell trophy <laughs> and uh, for the man of the match award um, but I think in most eyes in the press box Emma Wallace had a great game he was I mean last week we referred to him we spoke about how the fact that in recent games he has been shifted from his maybe half forward or corner forward even position down to a centre and midfield position where he, he, he clearly he's got great vision and he can spread the ball around pass he can get a team moving he can uh, transition as we like to use, say 
from defence into attack very, very well and get a team up. But today or yesterday, he was an out and out uh, centre half back, you know, and it, 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 it seemed to suit him even better. He was wearing six, Fergal. He, he played in that position. He played around there, that the, the position there before the, the in front of the, the square. He uh, in midfield, he was brilliant in that, and he got three points as well. So it was a tremendous performance from okay. him. And, and I'm sure watching Colin O'Rourke, who was at the game, will have noted that, and he could, you know, utilize him in that position for Mead. Yeah, well, I, I caught up with um, with Eamon after the game, and he was very emotional after the game. Obviously, he had a tough start to the year with injuries and then a few uh, personal tragedies during the year. Um, but he also referenced that new role that you spoke about playing in a as a halfback, and he believes that, or he, he he told me that his dad always believed that he is a halfback really by, by nature. So yeah. uh, he was outstanding. So we just uh, listened to that interview that we got with Eamon Wallace here. Hell of a performance. Uh, a real interesting game earlier on. I know it got sparks at the end. But, yeah. Uh, a real, um, just a, a real method win and, and very professional and, yeah. and from his like that's, that's the way we've been kind of playing all year. Like With Kevin, he just has everything so kind of nearly robotic. He covers all bases and yeah. we're so much respect for Summerhill because they haven't seen a goal all all championship and I was like what? the best way to beat them probably was just to nullify their attack completely and make, and we always trust ourselves to outscore teams so yeah. but um, yeah like we <laughs> the last two weeks have just we've covered all bases and we're nearly probably overthinking at times but uh, it's just great it's just great such relief and wearing number six uh, is an unusual thing to see, <laughs> yeah. see on your body there I've, but, uh, I've been there all year to yeah. be honest this is a new thing um, Kevin and David my dad always said I was a half back but the way the game's gone it's not a half back anymore it's like yeah. your half back's a half forward and it's just you're getting on the ball and it, it just worked hard on my defence with Kevin in training for the last couple of months and that's I'm, I'm happy <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's that ability to get on the ball and then use your pace to yeah exactly especially when you have a counter me, me coming onto the ball is a help and probably looking at like the half backs like Dublin had last year Jack McCarthy and I was just trying to maybe mimic their game a little bit and just yeah. hopefully I don't know uh, I've been enjoying it anyway thank yeah. you that much and, and you're playing really well it's um yeah, you said you know we you scored sixteen goals in this league. They, they they hadn't conceded any, so yeah. it's always going to be that yeah. thing. But yeah. you, you proved today as well. You could oh you grind could it out. Well. Yeah, grind it out. Ah, look, it was a, it's been a tough year. I know for me personally, just obviously injuries started here, but like yeah. a few deaths. My, my girlfriend's mother, uh, my best friend's mother, just and then uh, Joey's ACL. Like I just yeah. like. Um, yeah, I, just told, I, was, yeah. I, just, I was all in I literally was all in for this and, so football uh, becomes a, yeah, it's a just break a, really yeah a break a and it was just like um, like yeah I was just all in I just wanted to focus so much on football and so much to win this um, I'm just fucking delighted sorry for my no, language no, no, it's not but I just story. like yeah and then like I always in these interviews I always have to say like we wouldn't be winning without Dermot Rooney like he never gets enough credit also like the Davy Byrne a few years ago he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He, he got us over the line he taught us so much we would not we'd have zero seniors without Davy, and I have to say that no seniors without Davy, Marty all them lads because they got us over the line and then um, yeah we'd be lucky to start third obviously Kevin brought something new this year but I have to give them guys credit too like it's brilliant it is your third one and it's very obviously as you yeah. said for emotional reasons yeah. as well is, yeah. it, is it the best one yet? 
hundred percent, a hundred percent. Definitely yeah. the best, my most relief. Yeah. <laughs> well done, <laughs> thanks a million. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. And just a word for Joey as well. Yeah, you know, two weeks ago, something in here, he was on crutches and yeah, out I for actually, a year and yeah, I actually hurt my hammer the first school in the second half, and when I seen Joey come on, give, give me a real boost, and then when he's coming off, I was just roaring around the pitch saying, "We have to do it for him. We have to." So that last ball, like I was, couldn't run, and I just made, I just could run all of a sudden, and then get the ball and get fouled or whatever, and, and it was, it was crucial that last ball under here and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it sparked a little bit of uh, emotion on the team yeah, oh, yeah. you need that you need that in a game great yeah it's been yeah. great yeah. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to this. we'll celebrate this one properly because we always won in COVID and ah, it's just yeah. everything in this year it's just this is one bit of happiness nearly you know what I mean it feels like that anyway Brilliant. you know so yeah Eamon, enjoy yeah. your night well done thanks well done. good stuff so Jimmy yeah, as you could hear Eamon Wallace very emotional there um referencing the death of his girlfriend's mother and uh, he had a, a, he said one of his best friend's mother died as well and he was obviously affected by seeing Joey's uh, ACL injury as well yeah, and that was he, he, as you could hear him there he mentioned about the lift that uh, he, uh, Joey's appearance gave him that he was able to find an extra extra yard well, in his well, legs he, was, which, he yeah. was having a great game up to then yeah he really was but um, look at Retote are, are the champions it's uh, the second time in, of their three victories that they've beaten Summerhill in the final it's four success or four final losses now for Summerhill in the last few years yeah. it's, it's going to be tough years, for them think, isn't it? 2017 is it 2017 yeah I think it's lost yeah, 17, yeah. 18, 19, 19 final they lost a 19 final to, to mm. Retote of course Retote won it in 19 and 20 and uh, we had Wolf Tones last year but it's Retote back now they'll be aiming to give the Leinster Championship as you heard David Brady mention earlier on in his interview um, that they're going to take it serious and it's about time a Mead team started to make a bit of an impact yeah I mean the, our Mead team's records in the Leinster Championship is very very poor and we wonder why you know why they're not doing a lot better they should be doing a lot better really you know because uh, I mean it was such a, a strong county you know even when we were winning all Ireland's they weren't doing well in Leinster so you know it'd be great to see Retote make an impact I think I have to go back to Squee 2004 or something like that when they got to a Leinster final or beaten by Port Leash yeah, yeah or Dunshockland in 2002 uh, actually won it Dunshockland yeah yeah when they but, uh, won the Leinster yeah, yeah since then though it uh, hasn't been too, too many uh, cheerful stories to report from that competition no certainly not but uh, look at congratulations to Retote hard luck to Summerhill that pretty much concludes the uh, the Mead Championships of course the under 20 championship starts um, next weekend next Friday night the under 20 football championships the hurling, championship. the hurling championship starts on Sunday and then excuse me the week after that then is the start of the regional championships and in this week's Mead Chronicle we have interviews with uh, Colm O'Rourke about the importance of that regional championship also with Conor O'Donoghue who was uh, one of the lads behind helping set it up and uh, also had a few words at Watertown, Walterstown's uh, it's not easy to say Barry O'Connell who is uh, one of the players hoping to impress in this regional championship so plenty in, again in this week's Mead Chronicle Jimmy we have reports as we said from Nav Ashburn and North Mead in the rugby yeah the, the three clubs doing well well Ashburn lost this weekend but they're doing quite, they made a bright start Navin are doing well they're, they're, they're third now yeah. in the AIL Division 2A but, uh, North Mead are doing all, are very good they're, they're well up there as well so loads in this week's Mead Chronicle mostly GA stuff from the weekend and well, then it's been big, yeah. and then uh, we, we can I tell you what when this week's paper gets put to bed Jimmy we'll uh, get a you might find us in Clems or in, in Lynch's <laughs> or in uh, 
the, the Royal Mead or somewhere. And uh, yeah. yeah, we'll uh, we look forward to um, the, all the hard work and the busy work. Of course, the Leinster draws for the Leinster Championship were done uh, football, and Mead now know their path to uh, a possible Leinster final. They take on uh, oh God, Longford or Offaly mm. in the Leinster quarter final. This off the top of my head now, and should they win that, they will play the winners of Westmead or Loud in the Leinster semi final. Uh, Dublin and Kildare on the other side of the draw. Yeah, so, so that's mm. that's helpful in Mead's. Not that yeah. it will be easier or easy, but it's certainly easier. Well, you would think there's you would a, like to think. A, a, a roadway there to get to a Leinster final anyway yeah. you know so we, not, expect, not, we, we can't take anything for granted we expect the fixtures for the National League to be out soon enough as well so look there's plenty for uh, Mead, Mead football and Hurland supporters to look forward to in the coming weeks ahead but that's the end of the local club season for a while um, and hopefully you've enjoyed this week's uh, Talk A Good Game podcast actually I don't think I, uh, we, we went through the team of the week which I haven't got here but pick mm. up your Mead Chronicle this week and you'll get to see our final team of the week from the football championships this week Jimmy thanks a million for joining us thanks very good okay this is the Mead Chronicle sports podcast Talk A Good Game Say hi.